Blog Talk Radio. Talk Talk Radio Nation. It is Friday, and you are tuned into the cutting room floor. I am LeVar. Good to be back with you after a week off, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Mary. What's going on? Not a whole heck of a lot. How are you? Doing okay. Doing okay. Actually, this week's going to be a little different. Normally, where we would have at least three or four stories that we'd kind of stretch out and talk to you about this week, we're going to try and see if we can get seven in today. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to happen. Uh, I am leaving the main topic toward the end. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to leave the main topic toward the end because I don't know uh, just how much time we're going to take. So, you ready to do this? You think we can get through this? <laughs> I'm ready to try. <laughs> <laughs> topic number one, and, and you know, I actually just mere minutes before we went on air just really decided where we were going to go. And this week we're going to pretty much take a look at some of the stories that really have kind of uh, went uh, past the front pages because there's been a lot of politics and stuff like that going on. But a lot of the uh, lighter shade stories and controversial lighter shade stories that are out there. But the first story kind of, uh, I guess it's, I don't know how to explain this. And I saw it last night actually on TV. But National Geographic Channel had a show on uh, which was uh, called National Geographic Taboo. And they cro- they chronicled uh, last night on that show a bizarre beauty treatment, uh, which is in Tokyo. And it followed three people who opted into temporary forehead injections, which have become a keen part of the Japanese body modification art scene. And it's called Bagel Head Botox. Yeah, it is what it it is what it says. It's pretty much uh, it's a trend in which saline bagel shaped injections are put into one's forehead. So here's how it goes: technicians insert a needle into the forehead and inject about 400 cc's of saline to create a forehead set a, for, a forehead size blob. And then what happens is that uh, the practitioner then places his or her thumb into the blob to create the indentation. And it is what it looks like. It looks like someone has a bagel in their head. Uh, you've seen the pictures, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> would this be I wouldn't, I, those are, that's ridiculousness. <laughs> I, I, that is the word of the day, ridiculousness. I mean, seriously, that's like a double. I mean, I've called fatty donuts before, but dang, really? How does this make it fun? I, I I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And one person who got it says it felt like something was dripping down into their head and you get a slight stinging sensation. Why I, would I you want to do that to yourself? I know, and it's like, I know the price of beauty is something, but why would you even want to look like there's something coming out of your head that looks like a donut or a bagel? 
Yeah, because some of them did look like donuts. They weren't quite bagel size. Yeah. Maybe but, it's, you know, working up to the bagel. I, I don't know, but uh, the bagel size <laughs> shaped injections, they aren't permanent. And the round protrusion fades after about 16 hours as your body absorbs the saline. So, um yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that one, but if you are online, look up Bagelhead Botox. It's a very interesting story. <laughs> These are good story. pictures to look at. You can laugh at them. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or be uh, mortified that somebody actually thought about doing that to their head. You know. It's not that you thought, thought about doing it to your head. It's you thought it was good. Like, that's yeah, good no looking. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I was. No, that ain't good looking to me. But anyway, to each yeah, look, at the, look at that sexy bagel head over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think that, yeah, it's just so wrong on so many levels. Um, <laughs> speaking of what would, some probably would seem is so wrong on so many levels, but uh, probably a lot of guys wouldn't. Uh, the fans of the Lingerie Football League who are wondering about what they will watch when the season ends. There's no need to uh, worry anymore. The Bikini Basketball League is here. Now, the league will consist of seven teams, and the names are kind of a play on certain things, such as the Chicago Desire, the Orlando Lady Cats, the Miami Spice, the Los Angeles Ice, the Hollywood Hotties, and the Atlanta Fleet Angels. Now, tryouts have already taken place in the different cities, and the league will get underway in the summer of 2013. According to the Miami Spice representative, he told the Miami New Times, quote, this is a competitive basketball league, so we're definitely looking for girls that can really play. It's also a bikini league in which girls will be playing basketball and bikinis, so looking good in a bikini is a must. Now, you know, recently a lot of people have gotten in the lingerie football league, but they've actually produced some highlight reel plays, and it gained attention for hosting its lingerie bowl at Super Bowl Sunday. So no word on whether the Bikini Basketball League will coincide with the NBA Finals, but with the summer schedule plan, this league is going to be going head-to-head against the WNBA, which will give more new meaning to the term that uh, more than the ball will be bouncing. So <laughs> after hearing about this, uh, as a woman, uh, are you offended by such a league now coming up? I mean, we've already got a lingerie football league. Now you got a bikini basketball league. That all depends on the league. See, the lingerie football league, originally I was offended by it because it was a bunch of girls in basically the shortest shorts they could find that were riding up in the wrong spots and barely any of their pads. But when you actually watch, these girls can play. And I tried out. Man, they, they really they really run you through the ringer on the tryout, too. Yeah, they ask you to come in a cute outfit, and that's exactly what it says, but they run you through the ringer. I'm not gonna, I'm, these girls can play. I would not want to run into them in a dark alley. If the girls can play in the Bikini Basketball League, I will not be offended. There will be lots of women that are offended, but I won't be. What I'm waiting for is the Hooters Hockey League. That's what I'm waiting that, for. Well, Who's I think on ice? Well. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> oh, there's so many jokes there, but I was just gonna say that. it would definitely have to be on a network that does not mind a lot of uh, um, skin. Well, not just skin, but uh, what I used to call the Jennifer Aniston effect. <laughs> Any guy would know what I'm talking about. Of course they do. 
I don't have any comments. <laughs> I am speechless. Let's just say that if you could, well, uh, Jennifer Aniston or Britney Spears, if you could tell what the weather is like in the arena, yeah, yeah. Telling <laughs> <laughs> you, Hooters hockey, that's the next one. I, I'm all for it. But then again, you know what? There is something not so sexy about – how do you play that, though? Do you play it in a hockey jersey or do you play it in, like, scantily clad gear? Because if you fall to that ice, I'm sure that's going to hurt. I'm sure they'll, yeah. they'll figure out something. Come on now. <laughs> we'll figure it all out, yeah. Uh, another <laughs> another uh, story that uh, took the news uh, over the last week or so was a survey that was conducted as part of a Best in TV special installment on ABC's 2020 that aired a couple of weeks ago. And it picked the winner of what was considered to be the best shows of all time. Um, And not much of a surprise that some of the top shows that we always think about or some of the things that pop up in our head when we think of TV moments popped up. The top five finalists were all comedies. At number five was Cheers. At number four was All in the Family. At number three was Seinfeld. Number two was MASH. And at number one was I Love Lucy. So this brought up a great debate. We always like talking about different lists and things of that nature around here. So you saw this list. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you, I was dis- and you were disappointed in my not knowing the number one. I know, which was should have been off the bat at least one of the shows that you named, but you did not. I know. But I made like three of the other five. Come on. Uh, partial credit. <laughs> but you saw this list. If you had to make your own top five, what would be on that list? Most of the top five, actually. I don't like Seinfeld. I don't think Seinfeld should be up there. If Seinfeld's up there, then Friends has to be up there because it was basically the same phenomenon, just the other fairer sex. We'll do it that way. Um, I think Friends should have been up there. Uh, they're probably in the top 20 at least. That's minimum, top 10. Um, I don't know if I would have put I Love Lucy on there. I dream of Jeannie is more of a, my... <laughs> Beaver, is, what is it? Leave it to Beaver? That one should have been up there. But, I, I mean, uh, even if your top five, I mean, it can encompass everything. Now, you got to remember, the top five in this one just happened to be all comedies. But if you had to choose right. the top five all time, Leave it to Beaver would be on your list? Mm, Leave it to Beaver would be in my list. 60 Minutes would be in my list. I, can, I can't believe that's not up there. Um, uh, yeah. Can we include game shows? Price is right. Mm-hmm. Come on, people. If we can include game shows, Price is right needs to be up there. It's just longevity and the fact that everybody still watches it. I'm sorry, even though Leave It to Beaver was corny, everybody would still watch it. It's something you stop to watch. What's the other one? Well, actually, yeah, I have but a I, I did like All in the Family that was on, on there. I did Cheers was on there, and that was one of the ones that I would have picked. Um, <clears throat> Mama's Family we should have been on there, too, but that's kind of that was something more along my line. I don't think Cheers is that great of a show. I know, I I know Cheers. And I know I'm going to be in, and there were great moments, but I, I don't think, I really, you know, I watch it when I see it, but I'm not going to watch like a marathon of it. I don't Ooh. think it was Please the company. best. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, and, and, I, and it's a tough thing to always pare it down to just five. And, and I guess if I had to do one, if I had to take five shows with me on a desert island, MASH would be one of them. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely actually I will put Mash ahead of I Love Lucy, but I know you can never really put uh, you know. And some people complain that the last few years of Mash got too preachy, too political. But uh, Mash, I Love Lucy would be on that list. Uh, Sixty Minutes, Price Is Right, and number five was tough. I was thinking I had a three-way tie for number five, and bear with me. Um, and this is where I'm going to cheat because I got a three-way tie for five. <laughs> ER was one of those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had two more. The other one would have been Ed Sullivan Show, because when you think back about it, that era of Ed Sullivan reigned supreme pretty much from 50s through right about late 60s or early 70s. The show almost went about close to 20 years. Uh, And then another show that I would put on there would have been Gunsmoke. You know, I think people tend to forget about the era of Westerns because you had Gunsmoke, Bonanza, Gunsmoke ran for 20 years. People keep forgetting about that, you know. And there's so much, this debate could range on because then you could say, well, The Simpsons, they ran for 20 years. How come they're not in the top five? Nobody's ever put them in there. You could say at one point Milton Berle, toilet stopped. No, the movie theater, nobody went. People watched his show, and it was pretty much the only thing that was pretty much on. But I don't know. There's so many that you could put at number five. I even had the Cosby show. It was that tough. Mm-hmm. And so. it is tough to, to whittle it down to five. There's a lot of good shows, but if, if you've noticed on all that, I haven't seen, I haven't heard of anything in the most modern era. It's a lot of rehashing of all the old stuff. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> modern era, you're only going to get up to, like, the 90s with Seinfeld, Friends, um, I, I don't know of anything in the last decade, really, that would, I mean, unless you go with the reality TV, and then you might talk about Survivor um, or Lost, American Idol. that was a big phenomenon, but I, yeah. you had to be into it. Yeah. Yeah, or I, or I say American Idol. I mean, maybe a few years from now, people will talk about it the same way that they talk about some of these shows, but, Yeah. But the last few seasons of these shows hurt them, I think, only because of the weak product that went out after a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I tell you. But, yes, it would be interesting to see what everybody else's listings are, but um, I, it's tough to just choose five. Uh, speaking of choosing, <laughs> uh, I could go into, like, three different stories on that one, but I'm going to go with the other one here. Uh, a survey came out. Western Illinois University did a study of. Um, they just asked the women what their favorite muscles on a guy were, and according to women, the sexiest muscles on the body. And I'm going to go from back to uh, from number six to number one. But number six was the butt. Now, this actually, when they asked men about that, it was number one on their list of women that the things that they liked on a woman was butt, which I'm actually surprised up. Number five was triceps. Number four was obliques. Uh, Mary had an argument with the um, study on this one because at number three was chest. She says there is no such thing as a chest muscle. <laughs> no, there, is, there are muscles in the chest. I'm not saying that there aren't. <laughs> at number two <laughs> was mm. biceps. And actually a poll of Cosmopolitan uh, readers uh, said that nice biceps on a man make made women melt pretty much. And at number one, 
and this was actually second uh, on the favorite for guys on women, was abs. So, um, guys, if you have good abs, according to women, that is the sexiest muscle on the body. That's because they couldn't name off all the right muscles. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to be really careful on this one. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep it clean. No, you don't have to. We're all family here. But uh, what is your favorite muscle? That, honestly, honestly, my favorite muscle. Now, I know this is not what, it's, what the survey was about, but my favorite muscle is the heart. <laughs> Sorry. It is. That is my favorite muscle because, honestly, if that guy had no heart, and I know it's not really like the actual pumping organ in your body, but... If that guy had no heart, there was no point. Did you you know what I'm saying? So that is my favorite. That is my favorite. Although coming in a very close second would be the one below the waist, boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a very fun muscle to have. I quite enjoy it. But if we're just going on what you can see, at, you know, <laughs> on an everyday person, I'm a arm. I'm a I'm a bicep and deltoid and that trapezius muscle on the back. That's very nice. They're very nice. Very nice. Very strong shoulders. Yeah. We just sounded like an episode of like Kiana's flight pill right around there. But uh, that was very nice. (laughs) (laughs) That that area of the body has a yeah. I want a guy that can hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So many jokes are available. Yeah. there Feel are. free to tweet them and at me at any point. But no, those would be my those would be my top five. There you go. I did a top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> without a question. <laughs> well, yeah, without, without a question. Yes. <laughs> See, I would put brain in there, but brain's not a muscle. <laughs> well, well, no. Yeah, it's not a no. muscle. So. It's not a muscle. The heart is a muscle, though. Wow. The big old muscle. I think anyway, no. I think she went down on that answer, but yeah, we're, we're not going to move on. I read this. I read this next story, and I was very, very disturbed. Uh, but a 24-year-old pop star from China made shockwaves recently when he publicly declared his love for a 12-year-old Canadian child-based model, uh, Zhang Muai, uh, who's uh, a, a big pop star over there in China. Uh, declared his love for Akama Akama McKee. Now, the pair, who had been rumored to be dating for some time, seemed to be something like legit after Moai left a romantic message for McKee on her Sina Weibo, which is a social networking site, right after her 12th birthday. He says, quote, wait until I'm old enough to marry you, and then I'm going to say I do. Uh, She has 500,000 followers, so it's not like nobody saw this. And he did this just after her 12th birthday, and he goes on to say, I simply can't wait for these next four birthdays of yours to pass. I'm counting down each one. Now, Mwai and McKee have been acquainted for some time, as Mwai became McKee's music coach when she was eight. They've recorded duets together and flood their social networking profile with pictures of the two of them. A year after hiring Mwai, McKee won the 2009 National New Silk Road Modeling Competition Children's Pageant. Now, the pair trended on Twitter as news of their apparent romance spread as more and more people read their sappy public messages, and Mawai responded to the rumors on his Weibo by saying, quote, There's nothing we can do about this, nor do we feel the need to prove anything to these people. All we can do is continue to persevere with our love, our life, and being together. 
So after hearing this story, I know that my co-host had, uh, (laughs) I could see the steam coming out of her ears over the phone. And I told her to not even say a word until today. And you read the story. And I fired up my daughter. (laughs) She was so, you're not allowed to talk to anyone over the age of 10. Um, Ah, why? You're trying to She's 12. My God, I don't even have the words. I really, really just want to take them both and smack them. <laughs> it's not. She hasn't experienced life. She hasn't experienced life as an adult. I'm not going to stop. You know what? If they're really that much in love, then why do they only have to wait four years? Wait until she's 21. And she gets out there in the real world and does some real things. Wait. Wait. That would have. This this that is only bad on so many levels. It, it just it's like okay, so you uh you you love her now at twelve, you're probably doing something at eight, but you can't wait until she turns sixteen. So how are you going to I guess quench this thirst in between then? I mean, this, you're so in love right now. I, I was like, really? Are you kidding me? No, and it it doesn't even make sense to me. It doesn't even make sense because how does a 12-year-old know what romantic love is? No. My daughter, we teach her about having a little boyfriend, and she's like, ew. Okay, thank God for that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for any moms that don't have that. But when the kids start talking about, I'm going to get married because that means I get to hold hands. Really? (laughs) That's That's your idea of marriage? You really have no idea. And at 12... They have no idea. I know that, you know, stars and people that are famous grow up a little bit differently than the rest of us, and they're all a little wacko in the head. However, wait. If you're so out to say we don't have to prove anything, then why the hurry? Why wait till she's 16? Why only four years? Wait. That's that's the best thing I can say. You know what? Put everybody's fears at rest. Wait. Because if you can make it from now, when she's 12, until she's 21... I mean, that's nine years, and still be, quote-unquote, in love with this person, you have my blessing. Yep. I couldn't agree it's, more. It's, yeah. I tied her up with a chain. Yeah. She's locked in her bedroom right now, actually screaming. Speaking of blessings, uh, although someone has the blessing from their father, they still want to try to change something about uh, this person's marriage. And this comes from Hong Kong, from Reuters. The newly married lesbian daughter of a Hong Kong tycoon who offered a $65 million marriage bounty to any man able to win her love on Thursday said she had been flooded by marriage proposals but harbored no animosity towards her father. Now, since Hong Kong property billionaire Cecil Chow, known in the tabloid media for his uh, prolific womanizing, dangled a $65 million reward for any man able to lead his daughter Gigi Chow down the aisle. She says she's been bombarded by marriage proposals from strangers, date requests, and even an offer from a Hollywood film producer to buy her story. And uh, one suitor from the United States, she says, wrote, I'm interested in your offer to wed your daughter who also happens to be gay. I'm a male person who also happens to be gay. Now, another put up his brother, a body double to George Clooney in the 2008 flick Leatherheads as a potential mate, he says, quote, it would be the perfect, picture-perfect date. 
that your father craves. And uh, Chow, uh, she said, quote, I've tried my best to respond to well-meaning ones, but most of them I just try not to open. And this guy, he uh, sent a $500 million marriage bounty out one time long ago after his daughter got uh, or revealed that she was lesbian to any man able to set her straight. And it pretty much was a very interesting story. She said she's not angry at all. And um, now Hong Kong is a free-willing city that reverted from British to Chinese rule in 97, and it retains a traditional Chinese social fabric, but it's considered relatively tolerant of alternate lifestyles compared with the rest of Asia. And um, pretty much she says, I'm not changing from who I am. Dad thinks that $65 million and the right guy can do that. You... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you read this one you, you, know, go, you, can't, you can't make this stuff up <laughs> <laughs> I say go girl I mean seriously she's sick of my guns That I, I applaud her for sick of my guns but if, I would really if she doesn't inherit it like if he says you're not going to inherit a penny unless you marry a guy and then he gets 65 million dollars then I'd marry somebody and just get it over with and be done but I'd still that one that was gay also Mm-hmm. So that she could continue to be gay and he could continue to be gay and there'd be none of that stuff. That probably would be her best bet <laughs> if she had to. I don't think I don't think Dad's going to let that count. I don't think she has count. to, though. Now, Dad's not going to let that one count. It has to be probably a straight guy that is going to be able to turn her. They have to, like, produce children or something. Yes, yes. And I don't think that Dad's going to let that fly. So, no. But, Dad, this is a message to all How parents. How do you stuff. figure that out? Yeah. Huh? How do you, I mean, other than producing children, because that's easy enough to be done these days without actually having sex. I, I think, uh, you know what, I, I don't know the parameters of that deal, but I, I don't know, but it's like, parents, whatever your child, uh, whoever your child loves, you, you, just let it be. You know, you can't, you know, 65, <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, I can think of far better things he could be doing with that $65 million than to try and change his daughter from, you know, to go from lesbian to straight. It's just like, really? You know, we I mean, I'd go burn. lesbian for $65 million. Heck. <laughs> if you were to pay me $65 million, I should go lesbian. Heck yeah. Sign me up. Really? So what would you do, what, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Um, shit. <laughs> That's the best you're going to get from me. <laughs> Love your children. They're going to be the ones that carry on your quote-unquote legacy. Yes. I couldn't agree more. And with that, <laughs> we've got a couple of minutes to go, and I don't even want to go into the last story, so we made it through six out of the seven. All I've got to say is I think the seventh story is awesome, and we will leave that until next we meet. <laughs> woo That's amazing. We got through six stories. We got through six stories today, and I think that the seventh story is so good. It will definitely be our lead-off topic for our next show because it's going to be quite the debate here. And And to give you a preview, it is about an article that I read regarding sex partners and does it even matter anymore how many that your potential mate had when you go into that relationship? And Also, is it a double standard? when that number comes to men and women. So the next time we meet, we will talk about that. So it leaves you there dangling on that, and it leaves you thinking about your answer. But with that, the clock on the wall is, the clock on the wall is telling us that we're just about out of time, so with a couple of minutes left, any shout-outs this week? 
No shout-outs this week. No. None. Whatsoever. Huh. Yay for the rest to be back. I'm excited. And it's all those people that listen to me that want to berate me. I'm not saying anything bad about the replacement rest. I'm just happy that I get to go see the guy that likes to flex his muscles all the time. I'm sorry. I missed him. <laughs> I think we all did, and I, not a shout out, not a shout out this week, but a uh, apology and a hello because we were supposed to do an interview um, last week with Lacey Wild, and I talked with Lacey. There's some things going on in her life right now, so we're going to try to eventually down the line get that done, and also uh, we were going to have a show next week that now will not be, so we may be here next week, but I think at that point. Uh, it will also be interesting because my co-host will be on the road next week. <laughs> yes, I will be. Yes, on the road. I will be gallivanting across the USA. Yes. Not really, but kind of. Hey, you what? know what you forgot? I have a shout. I have a shout out for you. Oh. You forgot something. I did. It's more of a. It's more of a. Uh, hey, by the way, you forgot about. I don't know Twitter. And the web you, you know what? I was going to mention that. I actually have it in my notes, and I was going to say it as we were like leaving off the air, and I was going to say don't forget to go to our website at newscommentbtr.wix.com forward slash fan page, and also follow us on Twitter. You can follow Mary over at... The Wise Mama. Find and, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can follow this show and everything else over at News Comment BTR, and also on Facebook at News and Comment Network Blog Talk Radio. See, I got it all in. Yay! <laughs> and with that yay, I will say thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we will see you uh, to be determined. Could be next week here on the Cutting Room Floor of Blog Talk Radio. Have a great night, everybody.